Hey, bookworms, do I have a deal for you? Right now, the Flight Attendant Joe series is available on Amazon, iTunes, Nook, and Kobo. That's fasten your seatbelts and eat your fucking nuts. Flight Attendant Joe and I'm Just Here for the Layovers, available on ebook and paperback. And here's a little secret that I don't want you to tell anyone, all right? This is just between us right now. Each ebook is only $2.99. I know, I know. But I did not fall and hit my head. I know exactly what I'm doing. And each one is $2.99 right now. The Flight Attendant Joe series, available on Amazon, iTunes, Nook, and Kobo. If you're looking for an inappropriate laugh, I've done all the work for you. All you have to do is sit back, read, and enjoy. If you enjoy listening to the Grounded with Joe Thomas podcast, please consider becoming a patron today. Visit www.patreon.com slash Grounded with Joe Thomas. There's multiple tier levels and each one of them comes with access to the Friday Debrief, which is a short little podcast episode I record on Friday mornings for patrons only. Of course, the podcast is always going to be free on all your podcast apps, but if you want to become a supporter and a patron of the podcast, you can. Just visit www.patreon.com slash grounded with Joe Thomas. Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 60 of Grounded with Joe Thomas. You know, I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. In the last couple of months, I've, I've, it's been rough for me. I've been sad. I've been angry. I've been frustrated. I've had feelings of hopelessness and what's going to happen? What's next? What's coming? And I thought, you know what? If I'm having these feelings, I bet you a lot of people that listen to the podcast are having those same feelings. So I invited Dr. Christina Migliara onto the show. She is a mental health professional and a CrossFit coach. And we basically had a therapy session for you guys today. We talked about work-life balance. We talked about confidence versus ego, that we're all kind of living in a survival mode right now. And we have the choice to live in peace or live in fear. And what do you choose? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Dr. Migliara to the show. Hey, everybody. I'm so excited that my friend Dr. Migliara is here to talk to us today about our mental health. Hi, Dr. Migliara. How are you today? Hello. I'm doing well. It's Friday. You know... Do you, do you look forward to Fridays? Is like Friday a good, is that something that you look forward to all week? Uh, yeah, the weekends are, are definitely my time for me. Um, I don't do a lot of work on the weekends, so I, I look forward to Fridays for sure. Now, um, do you always have things planned for the weekend? Do you have weekends where you're just like, don't even bother me or because you have a family, it's just so busy all the time? No, absolutely. We have those you know, plans on weekends sometimes where we want to go and do events. And then there's weekends where there are absolutely no plans on the calendar. And it's just a, a, a veg out kind of weekend. Uh, my boys enjoy doing that as much as I do. Um, you know, we're just worn down. And sometimes we just want to be rushed all day and, and lounge around on the couch and Netflix and chill. <laughs> oh, you know what? That's... I do that all week too. <laughs> That's what happens when you're retired from your job and you're, you have that lull between, 
you know, working and then going back to college full time. It's like I'm at that moment right now where I'm like, I, the other day it was Sunday. This past weekend it was Sunday, and all day long I thought it was Saturday. So at like Sunday night, I said to Matt, I was like, well, what do you want to do tomorrow? And he's like, well, I have to work. And I'm like, why are you working on Sunday? And he's like, you're crazy. It's it's already Sunday. And I was like, oh my god, I need to get back. I need to be busier than this. Um, yeah. But thank you for coming on. I know you're very busy and it's the week before Thanksgiving. Um, but I was sitting down thinking, who could I have on right now? Because I feel like my brain is about to explode with anxiety and stress. And I've been frustrated. And I my anger is like off. Like I get ang- I got angry the other day because it gets dark at 430. And I don't mean I was just frustrated. Like, I threw a tantrum. And um, so I'm like, I must not be the only one right now in the country that is going through this feeling of dread. So I was like, let me have my doctor professional friend come on and chat with me about the state of the world and how we can move through this and deal with the holidays and the pandemic and everything. So thank you for joining me today. Absolutely. I know that I'm long-winded sometimes, but I, um, I wanted, you know, ever since, ever since the election, and I don't want to get really into politics because it's exhausting, but ever since the election, I have felt more anxious. Have you heard about, is that a common thing? Is that normal going on right now that, you know, you know, you build up to the election, you're like, okay, whatever the outcome, the outcome is whatever the outcome is. But after the election, I have actually felt more anxious and stressed. And I don't know why. Uh, no, that's actually pretty common and normal. And I think we're seeing that across the board right now. Um, I think that, you know, so just kind of backtrack a little bit of timeline here to put it into context. So you had the onset of the pandemic uh, lots of uncertainty, closures, et cetera. Um, and, and, and nobody could predict anything, right? So it was a major transition and shift to get into this mindset of, I have to let go because I can't control anything because I don't know what's next. There's just too much unknown. So then as we go through quarantine and slowly but surely things start to open back up, we learn more information, we're testing, we're researching, we're doing all kinds of things to gather um, more intel so we can make good decisions and figure out how we're going to uh, move people about and get back to doing, you know, normal life functioning, um, save our economy, all those important things, right? Um, right? And as we gained that insight, it made it a little bit easier for people to feel, I think, better about where we were headed, right? So we weren't out of the woods, but we had info and that information drove decisions that kind of put us in a more of a hopeful state, I think. And then, you know, you've got the um, election coming. So people felt like, okay, more certainty when there's a decision made um, and a a person is put, you know, into that position or stays in that position, then we'll continue to make more decisions about, um, you know, where we're going to go next. Uh, the problem I think that happened with the election is after the election, because there is, and, and again, to your point, not to go into this politically because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with you, um, there became more back and forth and more uncertainties of where we're going to go. And I think those uncertainties that still 
uh, lie there with, you know, a number of different topics. Um, and then you've got some, you've got, you've got disconnect, essentially. You have a disconnect on the different perspectives of what we should be doing, what, what you know, political decisions that we should be making, who's going to be doing what, what states are doing what, what is acceptable, not acceptable, holidays. Um, all these different things are coming back up and we're just getting thrown all kinds of information again and it's overstimulating and it's, and it's um, contradictory. So people are getting back to that feeling of what do I do? Who do I believe? What is safe? What is not safe? Where can I travel to? Where can I not travel to? What is it? Five people, 10 people? Is it mass? No mass? You know, and it's just very overwhelming. It's like information overload. So I think people are back to being feeling anxious. They don't want to make the wrong decision, but they, you know, want to be with family, with friends. They want to take the time off. They want to do different things that are traditionally um, coincide with holiday, the holiday season, but they also don't want to um, do something that doesn't feel comfortable. So right. it's a lot of push and pull. I think it's a lot of internal struggle and um, it's putting people back on edge again, which makes it difficult. And that's creating that stirrup of anxiety for sure. Thank you so much. And that's what, that's how I felt because it's like we've taken, it's like every time we take a step forward this year, this year has just been a train wreck for me and for millions. Um, it's like every time I feel like I take a step forward, all of a sudden I take three steps back. So, you know, in April, when this all started, we went on lockdowns and stuff like that. It was kind of like, oh, this seems kind of fun. Oh, look, I get to sit at home and bake bread and I get to do all this. And, <laughs> you know, it was that fun. It was like, you know, of course, there's people struggling and I shouldn't say it was fun because it wasn't fun, but I had a different outlook on it. And then the summer came and I, we were doing more things outdoors. We were going camping and I was like, okay, this seems normal. I haven't seen my friends in a year, but okay. Like, They'll still be there, hopefully. This is good. This is good. And then um, the election, then then it was like election and time change. And I don't do very well when daylight savings ends. Like when it gets dark at 4.30, I actually get angry about it. <laughs> and mm -hmm. um, I just had a breakdown the other day and, and it was, and my husband was like, what is, what is wrong with you? And I was like, you know, it's not one thing. It is the pandemic that we are, it's getting worse again. Like it's like a roller coaster ride. And, and it's that I left my job during a pandemic and that's where I, I'm a very social person. And so when I was not involved and you know, everyone can relate to that. There's so many social people out there and then all of a sudden, boom, you can't see anybody. There's, you, you just can't go see your yeah. friends or anything. So I was like the pandemic, the, I left my job where I got 99% of my social interaction. And I felt like I was part of a community because as crazy as airline, the airline industry is, and you're very close with the airline industry, you know, it's a community. You feel like you're a part of a community and you understand that in CrossFit too. It's like, like, oh, this is my family. Yes, they drive me absolutely crazy, but I, I have fun with them sometimes. And then that ended. And then it was like 
overload with election news. Like you couldn't even turn on the TV without being bombarded by both sides constantly, constantly. And then it was, now it's dark at 4.30. And it was like I had, it was like I was teetering on this edge of a cliff and I just fell. And it was, well, you didn't fall. You're still here, Joe. Well, yeah. I, okay. I, I shouldn't say I, I didn't fall, but you're here. <laughs> yeah. I know, you know, you're, you're being hard on yourself. I am. And you're being hard on, you, you're being hard on yourself. But isn't yeah, that take a normal? Nice deep cleansing breath. Can you hear the uh, stress in my well, voice? <laughs> I can. I can. <laughs> take a deep breath. Just pause and breathe for a second. There you go. See, I even Doesn't that feel better. You know, it does a little yeah. bit, but still inside, I feel like my insides are like um, like somebody put them in a blender. Well, let me ask you a question. Sure. What are you doing daily for your self-care? And it can look different day to day, but what are you okay. doing? Are you doing something every day? Um, yes. I go for like a four-mile walk every day or every other day. I have a big punching bag that I beat the crap out of. Um, <laughs> and you wouldn't – well, of course you would believe. You're a cro CrossFit trainer. Um, beating up that bag for 18 minutes in the morning changes my entire thought process for the rest of the day. Um, I write in my journal. Um, but I've also been keeping myself so busy that – it's become overwhelming because I think in my mind, I'm like, if I add so much stuff to my plate, then I won't be able to think about this and the pandemic or that and this and that. I will be just consumed with projects. But what I've realized is, you know, once even when you're consumed with projects, there's still those things because you have to deal with them. They still come up. So then I'm just overwhelmed all the time. So all I hear you saying is you essentially do a little bit of working out and writing for self-care. Yeah. Everything else is work, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I like to read a lot. I like to read, but I can't even read. This is crazy. I, <laughs> I can't even read and enjoy when I read, it's like, I have to read as much as I can. I have to like on Saturday, I finished a four, 300 page novel. I started reading at like seven in the morning and I finished at like 9 PM. I stopped for food. Um, so it's like, even I noticed when I read now, it's, it's because I'm trying to get as much in as I can. And I don't know what that's about. Why? I don't know. Um, what is that about? I don't know. Is it because, I have this thing in my brain, like I'm a checker offer. I'm a check boxer, you know, like, oh, I've gone to all 50 uh, states. <clears throat> so I visited all 50 uh -huh. states. It's like, how many books can I read this year? I got to read as many books as I can. So in, so it doesn't become like, oh, I'm enjoying this. It's like I finish a great Agatha Christie novel, thriller, and then I just grab the next book. And I just, I and I think all these things are me trying not to deal with what's really going on inside my head. Which is? Which is I feel hopeless. I'm not gonna cry. Um, I feel hopeless right now. And I, I'm struggling with the idea that I can't make plans for the future. You know, my husband and I were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, like 
I always got, he was telling me like, I read this article about, cause I always listen to eighties and nineties, eighties music puts me in a great mood just like that. You know, I'm an eighties kid and I spend a lot of time listening to old, this old music, the nineties R and B and pop. And, and we were talking about how our brains and please correct this. If you're, you're the professional, like our brains, like to, like if we're feeling overwhelmed, our brains like to go back to a time when things were actually not so crazy. And I can remember the nineties were a time where, you know, the music was great. I had my whole life to think about. I had my whole future ahead of me. And now I'm in this part 2020, I'm 48 years old. And I'm like, Oh, I can't even make plans in February. Cause I don't know what's going to happen. And I know everyone else is experiencing that. So I think I try to keep my brain so preoccupied, which actually hurts me even more, if that makes sense. Yeah, so a couple of key things that stand out to me as you're talking that I think is applicable to, you know, what a lot of people are feeling um, and that if I had to make some um, tips or recommendations or considerations, um, First of all, self-care is never, it's never supposed to be um, hurtful or harmful. It's supposed to be helpful. So it can't be deemed as self-care if you're doing something that is an excess and creating more turmoil, okay? Mm -hmm. Then it's not self-care. So if you love to read, but you're doing it in excess because you're fearful that you're not going to read enough or you've got to check some blocks, then reading is going to be get to the point where you view it as um, another tour or more of like a project of work. And then you're going to resent it as opposed to looking at it as a healthy outlet, as something that makes you feel um, reduced, but it reduces stress. It's going to become stressful. Mm -hmm. So then you're going to start to avoid that. So you want to be careful not to allow the things that bring you joy to become hurtful or harmful to your mental wellness. So first thing is there needs to be balance, okay? What was that? That that work-life balance, is that what you said? I'm sorry. Yeah, work-life balance, okay? So balancing your projects and your busyness with relaxation and healthy outlets that bring you peace and calmness and kind of refill your cup, okay? That kind of give you back what you need to feel good again and feel wholesome. Um, so that's, that's definitely very important. And coming with that balance needs to be boundaries, because if you have healthy boundaries, if you can say, nope, okay, I've, I've spent, you know, two hours on this project, I'm going to take a break, I'm going to go outside for 15, 20 minutes, walk the dog, get some fresh air, and then come back in and read for an hour. Um, and you kind of share your time between, you know, where you're working and then where you're doing some things for you. Um, activities, then you've got some healthy boundaries set there. And that's very important. You know, I, I definitely struggle. You were, you were breaking up a little bit there. It sounded like you were underwater, but I, I actually heard, and everyone's going to be, everyone can make out what you said. Um, I definitely struggle with boundaries for myself. One of the things that I had this aha moment the other day was I'm not giving myself enough patience during this very uncertain, chaotic time in our history. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I love that you said that about the books because it does be, you know, I take these things like, oh, this is fun. And then I take it and I, I, I bring it up to this level of now it's almost like an obsession. Like reading is like an obsession for me now. And I haven't read in like two days because I've been so busy with other things. But I keep looking at the book on my bedside table. And now I'm starting to feel guilty that I'm not reading the book. So I'm crazy. Yeah, so definitely don't want to feel guilty about things that make you <laughs> that make you feel good, right? That's right. kind of contrary to the goal. Um, so, you know, you talked about some... So I'm going to go back because you talked about some physical outlets, which I really like. Physicality is super important. It has to be a part of your self-care regimen each week. I like that you're doing some mental health stuff. So, you know, you're talking with people. You're mm-hmm. doing some journaling. Those are really great um, activities to do. The other thing that you can think about doing is, um, you know, at the end of the day, reflect on your day. So some type of reflection about part of your journaling, but just thinking about the things you did well, why you feel like you did them well, or maybe if you're stuck on some negative and intrusive thoughts, maybe listing those down. I wouldn't go more than like three to five. Um, and then try to go back through and reframe those into positive or constructive thoughts. So how can you take that negative thought and be a little gentler with yourself and tell yourself, you know, hey, I'm a work in progress. Essentially, it's what you want to be able to reframe that into. Uh, those are those are really helpful in mindset shifting, um, which is really important in learning to be kinder to yourself and therefore to others. And it kind of reinforces that um, notion of learning to be patient and realizing, hey, like there's only so much I can control. I have to let some things go. I'm doing the best I can and that's enough for me. Like we have to right. we have to get better at that. That is something we struggle with because you know there before the pandemic you know the the uh there's this big push of hustle right hustle. i'm a hustler i gotta get this done and only the people who hustle are successful mm-hmm. and i talked to someone about that the other day and they i mean this, this mentality still kind of exists and what happens with um i think with hustle and what i think you're seeing now in this feeling of surviving, right? Whether you're a business owner or just trying to keep your job is that sometimes you can let anxiety um, and fear slip in. And when that happens and that becomes the driving force, as opposed to feeling hopeful and excited and happy and passionate, you start to make more reactive decisions and more fear-based decisions. And they're not good well-informed decisions they're irrational and you do things for the instant gratification because you're in a survival state of mind and therefore you're not thinking about the long-term effects of your decision and it can actually become you know more harmful to you in the long run than in the moment when you think it's a really good idea so patience is a big part of that and really stepping back and breathing and being methodical and just kind of processing and reflecting to say, okay, here's my situation. What can I do with it? What's in the best interest of, you know, the service that I'm providing or the product I'm trying to sell or the job I'm trying to do here or the project I'm trying to complete. And being able to do that is going to break that impulse control 
which is going to make it a lot easier for you to make a better decision than if you just react. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And we're, absolutely. we're just in a very reactive state of mind right now. We, we've got to pull back because panic does not get us anywhere. It's driving more reactivity and that's what fear does. So sitting back and filtering through the information and asking yourself questions like, does this serve me? And is this good for my mental health? Those two questions really should be at the forefront of every decision you, 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 you make. Because if it's not self-serving, and when I say that, I don't mean an ego-driven decision. I mean self-serving in that, are you making this decision because you feel good about it? Because you're excited? Because it's a really good decision? Or is your ego driving you to panic and think very quickly? Does it sit well with you? Trust your body. Trust your gut feeling, your intuition. Are you having reservations making this decision? Or are you feeling really confident in it? Um, And if it's not a self-serving decision, if you don't feel like it fits with your values, with your beliefs, with how you truly feel, then don't do it. Don't do it. Don't go travel. Don't, you know, go to the party, whatever. You know, don't put yourself in this in, in position to make decisions that don't serve you and then is it going to affect your and that sort of goes along with the, the question of this how does it affect my mental wellness is this going to be good for my mental wellness you should never sacrifice your mental wellness for a person a place a job you know anything if it's going to jeopardize that and create any angst or any turmoil or anxiety or make you upset don't do it do not do it. It's not for the right reason. Um, and I think if we could do that more, we'd probably be making better decisions. We'd be moving in a better direction. But we're not. We're, it, it's like, you know, it's just a bunch of scattered um, thoughts. You know, people, they're just kind of running around like with their heads covered in, in, in panic mode. And everything mm-hmm. is very fear-based. And we're not thinking things through. So we can't come to consensus. We can't come to community we cannot join together to think about what's going to be the best for all of us because we're not being driven by the right motivation, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Because we're all, well, I, I, I don't want to speak in hyperbole, like we're all, but a lot, many, many people are, like you said, running around with their heads cut off like chickens worrying about like I I worry about things that I have zero control over and every morning I wake up and I say Joe don't worry about things that you cannot control focus on the things that you can control and then that lasts for like I'd say 20 minutes and then you know and I try to manage my news intake I try you know I don't really watch yeah, the news I don't watch the news really like I'll watch CBS with Nora O'Donnell at night sometimes, but you know, and I, you know, I, I'm very, very careful, but you can't even go on social media now because it's just hounded with news also. So, you know, I'll say, I'm not going to worry about something today. I'm not going to worry about a today, you know, whatever a is. And then I will just happen to see something and Oh shit. Now I'm worried about a, (laughs) Even though I know that I've done everything that I can regarding a situation, if that makes any sense. You, you're, you're right in that focusing on the things that you can control is 
the most important thing that you can do, right? Because the things that are out of your control, there's nothing that you can really do about that. So if you focus on your world, you think that you're not doing anything, but you are. Because if, imagine if everybody did that and everybody focused on their well-being right now and they just ignored everything else going on around them. Mm. Creating peace within chaos, right? So making it so that your world is super peaceful and calm, cool and collected, even though it feels like the outer world is chaotic and burning down. That is like the ultimate place that you can see that that's mental freedom right there. Oh, okay. Sounds great. And yeah. it is, it's a beautiful place. I got to tell you, I mean, most days I am there. Um, I would say like n over 90% of the time I'm, I'm there there's always going to be that percentage of the time where you kind of have a slip, whether it's a moment or a day um, or an hour, it doesn't really matter. We're all human, but the, it's not about getting into those moments. It's what do you do in those moments to get yourself out of them? So people, there's, a, there are a lot of people who are stuck. They're stuck in it and they are further going down into the depression and the anxiety hole. Mm -hmm. And that's creating more mental distress for them. But there are people who know how to get themselves out of it. And if you can use the tools to get yourself out of it, if you can do the self-care, you can sustain staying out of it for longer periods of time. That is key because it's going to happen around you. Right. Um, and, 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 and all you can do is try to be, you know, the source of, of, of reason and kindness. So you never know who you're going to influence by being that way. You're, you're making a difference. You don't think you are, but you are. Mm -hmm. And if we all did that, we'd all be making a larger difference. So for me, I'm on, you know, talking too much on social media or looking at things, even though honestly, I want to be sitting there, you know, recording videos all the time, talking about these things with people. I wish I had the time. Unfortunately, I can't because I'm actually using my time to be in sessions with people, what I call the front lines, mm -hmm. uh, literally speaking with people daily. Um, about how to do this very thing. You know, I'm helping them do this. And I'm excited, just kind of a little um, uh, plug here. Oh, yeah. Shameless plug here. But uh, uh, I've got something in the works to help me streamline this for the new year that I'm working with so, like, with a colleague on who's a business strategist, an awesome guy. And I've just said, you know, I, I've got to get this out more to masses. So we've come up with a cool little toolkit and uh, workbook to help bring some of this um, together so that you don't necessarily have to be talking and working with me. Mm -hmm. Um, but that you can kind of do this work on your own a little bit. Um, and I'm excited about that because there's just, there's a lot of things that you can do. And if you can get into these good daily practices, you'd be amazed at how your mindset can shift into some serious positive motivation and, and, um, and, a, and a great trajectory. I mean, you talk to some people and they're like, this is the worst year ever. Mm -hmm. I hate it, right? If you ask me, this is probably the most growth I've seen as a for myself and in other humans and in and, and worldwide and within this country in a long time. That is which true. means it's been oh it's overdue. You yeah. cannot grow until you get comfortable. And here's the thing the more you do more of the same, you're gonna get more of it. So if we keep doing what we've always done, we're going to keep getting what we've always gotten, which is why we keep hitting this, what feels like this big brick wall and everybody's so frustrated. Mm -hmm. And it's, go you know, whether you like it or not, the universe is going to push you 
to figure it out and do something differently, or you're just going to get more of the insanity until you hit, you know, what we call in, in therapy, a rock bottom, essentially. And it's, it, you got to get it, figure out what the lessons are, what's the growth opportunity, and then what are we going to do different? What's the solution? Because what we've been doing is not working in many cases. And there has to be a paradigm shift. It's going to be forced to create a paradigm shift. You're starting to see it. There has been some movement. Maybe people don't see that because it's hard to see the good when there's so much chaos still going on. I do see it. We're on the right path. We have to keep going, though. We just do. And I do think this will go well into 2021. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Um, because we are moving forward. We're, there's just, I mean, how much further down can you go, right? There's only up from here. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true. And I'm glad that you said that because I, and I'm going to start doing this homework of at the end of the day, if I've had negative thoughts, I'm going to write down the positive um, opposite of it because I do get, I definitely get caught up in the negative and, um, and when I do, it's like stand and you, and I'm sure this is a great explanation. It's like, I'm standing at like waist level in the ocean and a wave just comes over me. And now I'm under the negativity and it's so hard to get out of that. But I love that advice. And also that you brought up that even though this year feels like we've just been kicked in the teeth constantly, <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. That's how I deal. That's my vent. Like I'll, I'll laugh sometimes when it gets to be too much, but it's like, we feel like, but I've actually stopped many times this year and thought, wow, like this year I would have never, ever, ever, I was not planning to leave my job at the airline industry. Um, and never did I think I was going to go back to college. Never. Even though it's been a dream of mine for decades. So if COVID-19 and this pandemic did not happen, I would still be in my same comfort zone where I wouldn't have this opportunity to grow and to go to college and get my English degree and things like that. So I have to look at that more, but it's just so hard sometimes to pull out of the negative and the hopelessness because that's, that's kind of how I've been feeling for the last month, for the last month, I would say like, like, Oh God, is, does it matter? <laughs> and it, of course it does, but. Here's the thing, Joe, hope and fear cannot coexist. So you can choose to be fearful or you can choose to be hopeful, but you have to choose. So if you're remaining hopeful, you won't be fearful. If you remain in a place of construction, in a place of growth, in a place of, I'm, I'm just moving forward one foot in front of the other, some progress is better than no progress. It doesn't matter how small or how large I make. Every day is different. But as long as I'm moving in the right direction, I can stay hopeful. And therefore, I, don't, I, I won't be fearful. Wow. So you just, remind yourself yeah. of that. I never thought of that. I've never even thought of that. You can only be hopeful or fearful. And do you think it's a choice that we choose to stay in one or the other? Um, I do. Now, that being said, it, that being said, 
you can't discount influence, right? Mm -hmm. If you, you know what you know and you don't what you don't. So if all you've been told is something and you've been conditioned to believe a certain thing in a certain way and all you're seeing is, and it's the influence of the negativity, it is a lot easier to stay fearful. That's the problem. That is, that's why we're having a hard time getting to where we need to be. And this is where it becomes frustrating from um, my perspective as a mental health professional because essentially you have people in, we'll just put it in a general context, and this, this is not just politicians, by the way, but you have people who are in positions of power mm-hmm. who have the ability to influence. And rather than think about humans and humanity and what is in the best interest of them in driving the ultimate goal, which is mental and physical freedom, we're creating fear and influencing it in the opposite way, which is driving more dependence. And that is bringing us into a mental and physical decline and not empowering anyone to be their best self. So the ultimate goal and, and my ultimate wish and hope for where we transpire out of this whole experience, and mark my words, if i am got anything to say about it, and as long as I'm alive on this earth, we're going to make it happen is that we come out of this learning how to empower others to be their best selves mentally and physically, whatever that looks like for them. I'm not here to tell you that it's, you know, a certain anything, but if you feel happy, if you feel good about what you're doing, you feel like you're the best plumber there is, you you know, you're good with it and you're happy with your family and you're you're just a good human, then fantastic, You, you have reached you know, the summit, Mm -hmm. but there is no room to have people feeling otherwise. And we're just not doing a good job of that. Leaders, but a leader doesn't do that. A leader, you know, empowers people to be their best selves. They don't bring them down. They don't keep them dependent. So we need to create emotional, mental, and physical freedom. That's how we do this. You know, nobody's talking about prevention. They're talking about vaccines and, and, and what, what the government's going to do and all these different things, which is now putting a focus on things we can't control. And I'm telling you, focus on what you can control. So it's that daily self-care. It's the mental, the physical, the nutritional, the emotional, the, um, the social, all the different components of wellness what are you doing each day to try to better those different areas of your life to help you to be physically and mentally well and free and that is what you do have control over every human has control over that because we have free will and so you can work on yourself you can choose outlets to help you even within the restrictions of the pandemic there's ways to make it happen and that's what i want people to know you can do this. There are there are things available to you. So, I hopefully we can get there. Um, maybe I'll have a platform one day where I can shout that from the rooftops. <laughs> For now, with your show. <laughs> well, no, I love it, and and everything you're saying in my mind, I'm like that is right, that is true, and I really felt, you know, I've been, I am a huge advocate of mental health and therapy, and I've spent years in therapy, um, and 
I was doing really well. And I'm, I'm going to boost myself up for a moment. Like I was doing well for the Good. last, like I was like, holy shit. Like I had my friend, like my closest friends were kind of calling me like, Hey, I'm having this issue. Talk me through it. You're so good at communicating. You're so good at understanding. You really have your shit together. And I was always like, wow, thank you. And this year I felt like I just fell like seven steps down and I'm like, I can't get back up right now. So I love that. Be be gentle with yourself because everybody, I think, to some extent has felt that. Um, And depending on the person has has been in their situation, depends on like how, you know, you would describe the fall in people. But, um, and and, and that just speaks to our humanness, right? So here's the thing, like, that's why it's so important to, to operate from a standpoint of confidence rather than allow your ego to drive your decisions because your ego will tell you you're infallible, but your confidence will say, Hey buddy, you are fallible. So you better stay on your game. You better, you know, do the things you know you need to do that have led you to feel the way you feel right now when you're like, you know, on top of the world, Mm -hmm. because at any time, if you let go and you stop doing those things, you too could be just like anybody else who isn't there or where you were. Um, and it's a good, you know, gut check for you. You, you know, it's effort to be living in this world to have the things that we have, because unfortunately where there's good, there's evil, where there's happy, there's sad. And when there's positive, there's negative. So you're always going to have something to, you're going to need to combat there and, and offset that. Mm. Right. Yeah. I, um, I love that you said, And I think we said this earlier about having patience with yourself and your others. You know, the other I've noticed I've noticed in the last couple of weeks, my husband and I, we it's like we butt heads on everything like the smallest little thing. It's it's really weird. And so. The other day we had kind of a blowout. Well, okay, I had the blowout. He just stared at me like I was a crazy person, and um, which is usually how it goes. And um, we we after I went for a walk and I came back in the house, we sat down and we we kind of had this conversation where we were like, okay, listen, things are not normal right now in the world, and we're probably at a higher sense of emotional state. Definitely me. And, um, and him too, I'm not going to take all the blame for it. We're both at the same level of like easily frustrated and anxious, but we made this pact together. Like we're a team. Let's not forget we're a team. Let's not forget we're on each other's side. We're not enemies here. We're not. Um, and we, Mm -hmm. we made this promise to give each other, to have more patience and grace with each other. Like if you see me starting to freak out a little, just understand that it's because I am at this place right now where I do feel overwhelmed with things that I'm not supposed to worry about, but I am. And so we're on this agreement and it was a couple of days ago and, and it's been going well. And I love that because that kind of speaks to my point about being a leader. Like anybody could be a leader. If you're in a position of feeling really good, and somebody is in a position where they're just not their best self that day or that moment, then you're, you're, you're in a great opportunity to empower them to be their best selves by showing a little bit of grace and patience and, and just listening and validating. And you may not like it, and that's okay because it doesn't have anything to do with you. It's their stuff. Mm-hmm. So don't own it. Don't absorb it. Just observe it. 
And that's what he did. He observed, he didn't absorb. Yeah. And all too often we go around and we hear things and we see things and we feel like we have to absorb it and it goes right to the heart. And instead, what we should be doing is imagining we've got like a catcher's mitt and someone's throwing stuff at us like a ball and we're going to catch it and we're just going to hold our hand out to the side and we're going to catch it and it's not even going to touch us. And we're going to look through it, we're going to filter it and we're going to kind of sort through it and we're going to decide what applies and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. And if there's something that applies to you, great, take it in through it and then respond accordingly and if it doesn't apply let it fly like it's not your stuff why do you feel like you have to own it you don't have to absorb anything that isn't yours i'm not going to take anybody's stuff that'd be like as people coming and sitting with me imagine i've had 20 plus clients this week okay Mm -hmm. and imagine if i absorbed every one of their things and took it home with me. Oh God, yeah. Are you crazy? <laughs> I would be crazy. You'd have to commit me. You right. know. So you have to learn that this, this is just this is just their story, and you know they someone looks to you to say something to you. Be a leader and don't just take them down further. Empower them. Help them to feel better, to be better. And sometimes that is not necessarily fixing it. You don't have to be a fixer. Sometimes it's listening. Sometimes it's just validated. Right. And they're like, okay, thank you for listening. I'm done. Rant over, you know, like, and then you calm down. Right. And I always do that. Like if Matt is starting, like if Matt comes into my office and he's like all huffy and puffy and something's wrong, like he'll start talking and I'll say, I don't want to interrupt, but do you want advice or do you just want to vent? And then a lot of times he's like, I'm just venting. I'm like, all right. And I just sit there and I listen and I nod my head and I'm like, I understand. I understand. Um, but what I love that part about like when one spouse might be not at a hundred percent for the day, being a leader is being able to sit there and listen to them and not take it personal. And I think you had mentioned confidence versus ego. And I think if you can sit down with your spouse and they unload on you and they're venting and, you know, If you have confidence, you're not going to take it. Like you said, you're not going to take it all in. If you have ego, if your ego is driving you, of course, you're going to take it personal. And of course, you're going to bow up. You're going to get ready to, you go in that defense mode. Like, oh, defense mode. Isn't that the worst mode we are always in? And it's like, you get ready for defense. But if you, if I was confident or if people were confident, they would be able to sit there and say, this isn't about me. This is about them Mm -hmm. going through something. And I'm just listening unless they're like, you do this. And it's like, okay, okay, well, let's talk through that. Let's, I, I I do something. And that happens a lot because my husband and I are the complete opposite human beings. Like he's very like calculated and he, he's the guy who puts all of the same forks with the same forks in the dishwasher and all the knives and the spoons together. And he's been asking me for 16 years, could you please, please just put them all together? And I'm the guy who's like, well, as long as it gets washed, who cares where it is? So, you know, so sometimes, you know, I, I guess I do have confidence because a lot of, oh, thank you very much. I never thought of that I had confidence really like that. But, you know, sometimes he can have those conversations with me and I'll say, okay, you know what? Yes, I apologize. I know that's important to you. It's not something that's important to me, but it is to you. So sometimes I forget. Thank you for the reminder. And I'm going to do my best. Um, even though inside I'm like, who gives a beep? <laughs> 
I don't want to swear because you're a professional. Um, <laughs> but I love the idea because I don't think a lot of people have confidence right now. Can you agree with that? Or no. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, they're worn down. They're mentally and physically worn down. And that is the very, it's, it's, it's the problem, but it's the solution, right? So that was worn down. The solution is we need to do something about being worn down because it, it's not, it's not sustainable. It's not. Um, this, you know, everything's been going on for so long. It's only a matter of time before you crash, right? You, you can't go. And the data um, that we've been getting with respect to mental health in terms of like addiction, relapsing, um, abuse, you know, suicide, all those kinds of statistics um, within that realm is not going in the right direction. And that is the problem. So here's the thing. If you can empower someone mentally, they'll do anything, right? If you, if, 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 just think about that for a second. If you're feeling good, if you're feeling confident, how, how successful are you in the things that you're doing? You're getting stuff done. You're like rocking it. You feel good. You're, I mean, you're your best self. You're, you're connected more with your partner, your, your kids. Your job and your, you know, people just love being around you. You've got a good attitude. You have an energy about you. Great. I just love being around you. But when you're not your best self, you don't want to do any of that. But the complete opposite. Mm -hmm. the, 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 the channel to all of this is the mental health route. And once we get there and we can be mentally empowered and be our best selves, then everything else will naturally place as a result we will make good decisions good policies you know we'll be good we'll have good relationships we won't want to find unhealthy outlets to escape from heck we'll want to stay on this earth for that matter you know mm -hmm. like we will come up with innovative solutions and we'll do things in the right way but we're not doing that because we're go you know we're going the wrong way which is we're further removing the very things that we need to bring us that mental empowerment, the tools, the resources. Um, yeah. So that's why I'm such a stickler on mental health. And it's not just the formal therapy piece. Like, yes, that's huge. And that's wonderful. And I love it. That's just, you know, part of it. There's so many other things that reinforce mental health. Um, you know, think about the gym, like going into the gym is huge for your mental health. Mm -hmm. um, not being physically in pain, you know, just, there's just a lot of overlap and interconnectivity. So it comes down to a good, well-rounded self-care plan um, that you are basically doing something for yourself each day. It doesn't have to be in all of those different areas every day. You know, that's a lot. But make sure you're diversifying your self-care. It can't be all physical and no mental. It can't be all mental and no physical. Right. You know, there's other pieces that go along to that puzzle that you've got to be addressing. Do you think that some people, so with mental health and, you know, I, I speak about mental health all the time and I think it's so important, but I also think that some people might, they don't take it seriously. Like, you know, have you ever noticed like somebody has cancer? It's like they, I have cancer, I have cancer. No, I have cancer. But a lot of people don't want to admit or even 
dabble or think about their mental health. And then they kind of ignore it like, oh yeah, I'm having problems, but I'm not even going to deal with them. And then it, and then COVID-19 happens. And then it's, then you're just overflowing with so much. Why is there still a stigma against mental health? Cause I know people who definitely need a therapy, like definitely would, would benefit from speaking to a professional. And they're like, no, I can handle it myself. And I'm like, would you handle, would you handle kidney stones by yourself? Like, I don't understand that. Right. Well, there's still, there's still lack of education. Um, we're not prioritizing, right? We're not talking about what the priorities are. And again, that's for influencers, leaders. We need to, you know, we don't even have good, like, mental health policies in place, you know, um, in general, insurance, I mean, it, it kind of, it goes into all those different facets, making it readily available, um, you know, it's education, it's normalizing, uh, and we've gotten better, but we're just, you know, we just have still some work to do. And I will say, since the pandemic, I've seen a huge shift. Oh, good. I, mental health professionals are inundated. We, we are, we are just, you know, I mean, you, you, it's, it's tough right now for us. I mean, we just can't serve enough people, which in one way is a really good problem to have because what does that show? It shows that people are actually reaching out and wanting to get the help, but it's not a good thing because it also shows that we don't have the resources to help the people who are in need. Right. Right. Cause, because they're, they're at the point now where you guys, like everyone talks about nurses and doctors being on the front line in the hospitals. And yes, that's true, but nobody even thinks of the mental health professionals who are on the front line, also helping people deal with this idea of, Oh my God, what's happening. And I have no control over what's going on. And right. um, I was talking with my therapist. His name is Steve. I was talking with him this week. We were talking about how, um, when you get to certain, when, when it gets, when the world gets like this, you know, you have the government saying, Hey, you know, you can't go do this. You can't go do that. You can't go do that. People have no control. They start acting out, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's as basic as saying, you're not, I'm not wearing a mask and it's not because I don't care about anyone. It's because in my brain, I'm tired of being told what to do. And this is how I can control something. Even if it's that much, even if you agree or disagree about people wearing masks, it's like, that is how, that's how our brains are right now. And please correct me if I'm wrong. It's like people are acting out in any way because it just feels like we have no control. We can't even, you know, you can't do anything really. Right. Did, I, did I explain that? Which, okay. Yeah. And so the thing is, is that nobody likes to be controlled. Okay. Right. So if you try to tell someone not to do something instantly, like instinctively, they, they, it goes back to like the, the, um, the, the primal days, right. Detect mm. threat. You're telling me what to do. You must be a threat to me. Um, and right. It, and you're like, Oh, well, you're not going to tell me what to do. I do what I want, right? Just right. because you told them what to do. Now, if you ask them, if you explain something to them and you, 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 you discuss the why and the, the reasoning behind it, then people are much more likely to comply. So I think where things went wrong from just a psychological standpoint is, again, we approached this with fear. We didn't approach this with confidence. Mm -hmm. We didn't explain. We didn't 
calm people. We didn't show the why. We didn't empower them to make good decisions. We just started pointing fingers and saying, you're gonna, and you're gonna, and you're gonna. And so what does everybody do? Most people are going to go, oh, no, I'm not. Oh, no, I'm not. And, and I mean, have a bunch of mental health professionals leading the way and you probably would have a very different outcome, but. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, because um, just how you explained yeah. it makes sense to me because it, it, and it's even not even like being told by the, the country or the government or the people in charge or who your boss or whoever, it's as low as like my husband saying to me or me saying to my husband, like, Oh, you're going to do this for me today. Oh, am I? Like I, that just happened the right. other day. It just happened where I said, Oh, I said to him, I'm going to have you do blank, blank, and blank. And he goes, oh, are you? <laughs> and I said, what? And he goes, you didn't, you didn't ask me. You told me what you had expected, you were expecting me to do. And I was like, oh, shit, yeah. did I? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to word it like that. But I, And that was me be that was an innocent mistake. So now you have it on this level of, you know, governor saying, you can't do this, you can't do this, your kids have to stay home. And it's, it's a lot for people to process. Yeah, and think about it. The American way is we are a democracy. We get a voice. We have, you know, these these, you know, rights and these liberties and this is a free free country and this is why people come here and we're not a dictatorship and this is in a communist country and it's like all these views about how it, it's a it's a cultural norm for us that we have a voice. So then when you turn around and say, Hey, you don't have a voice, you're gonna listen and do what I tell you mm-hmm. It, it, you know, and you do it in such a, um, like a hard way, right? It, it does not always bode well. And so, um, we could say the same thing and do it in two different ways and you'd have two different outcomes. Bottom line. Absolutely. Bottom line. Yeah, absolutely. And then when I people came to therapy and I talked to them like that, you know, like they would go, Oh, I'm not listening to you, you know, but it's because of the way I talk with people. It's because of the way I explain things. It's because of how I give them a, um, a, an opportunity to, to consider something that they're willing to go, hmm, I'll never think about that. And then, you know, kind of go from there as opposed to me saying, you need to do this, 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 and this. So, yeah. Um, because then when you're told, like, like when you're told to do something, say you're, you're not allowed, you know, kids can't go to school. We'll just use this example. Say I run a state and it's called Cascadia. Boy, that state would be fun. But um, say I'm the governor of Cascadia and I say, all right, your kids can't go to school, but all the restaurants are open. You know, there's this idea that then people start saying, are you a hypocrite? Like, like then they can't trust. Does that make sense too? Because yeah. I, I had that feeling the other day, I was watching the mayor of New York City and he's like, schools are closed, but you can go to restaurants and bars. And I was like, well, that makes no sense to me. And if it doesn't make sense to me, then it probably doesn't make sense to a lot of people. <laughs> because, yeah, you know, I yeah, mean, it's, it's like you know, one of those things. There's, there's a lot of those examples. There's right. a lot of those examples. It was like when we were all in lockdown, but then, you know, liquor stores were open or, you know, um, and gyms were closed. And just, you know, just I'm sure we can name like a, a ton of examples of where you're like, huh? Right. Um. And that's, that's what I'm saying. Like the decisions weren't well thought out. They weren't methodical. They weren't, you know, we weren't, we just didn't approach this in the best way. And once you get into it, it gets harder to kind of pull back and, 
you know, redo that. And, and you've got the state to state decisions, right? So that makes it convoluted. And, and because then it's like, well, how come that state's doing this? Why can't we do that? Exactly. And, right. you know, there, you know, so it's, it, it's, it's very complicated issue. And, but at the end of the day, what it comes down to is that we're not working as a community and as a, you know, um, and collectively, and we're not thinking about what's in the best interest of the humans, which is why we're still having trouble. Right. And, um, and we should be thinking about people and what is in the, their best interest in their mental health and their physical health. And we should be thinking about prevention. We shouldn't just be focusing on a vaccine. Um, and you know, the weather, you know, winter versus summer, uh, we need to be focusing on how we can create opportunities for these people to start taking care of themselves. You know, mm. eating better, sleeping, mental health, um, exercise to reduce the risk factors. Sure. And yeah. become a position of health. That way, guess what? It doesn't matter if you're presented with any of this stuff. You're going to be so healthy, you're not going to get sick. Right. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, if you need if, to be dependent on the vaccine. Right. Yeah, well, because like you said, if you t if if people if there was programs put in place for people to be healthier, to take care of themselves, there wouldn't be so many high risk people. So it really starts at like that, like it starts where they have to deconstruct the entire thing and start over really for how people mm -hmm. take care of themselves. And you mentioned um, if we if if we could all focus instead of worrying about the things we cannot control, if every single person, we'll just take the United States, the 375 whatever million people, if we all just focused on our own peace and mental health, every single one of us, there would be less chaos because everyone would be at peace. And when you're at peace, you have confidence, you can you know, help each other, you're leaders, you're looking out for each other. But right now we're basically living in fear and we're all chaotic. Is that what, is that the mm -hmm. message? Cause that brings really, that makes a lot of sense to me. That's the message. Yeah. I love learning. <laughs> but um, <laughs> wellness, is, wellness is where it's at. It really is. Bottom line, your answer is wellness. It really, physical and mental. And I want, I want people to realize like how important it is. You know, I have friends that they spend like three hours a day at the gym and, but they don't really work on any of their mental health issues and they have some. You mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, you look great, oh, yeah. but I wouldn't date you because you're all messed up. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> You know, you mentioned something that I just want to hit hit on because I learned about this a couple months ago and it changed my entire it changed the entire way I looked at my life since I was born. Um I would say like 3 or 4 months ago I was having a session with my therapist and he asked me he's like, "Can I ask you a question?" I'm like, "Yeah, of course, I'm an open book." And he said, "How long have you not been living in survival mode?" Um and I never thought of that term survival mode. And, you know, I share, you know, I share this with everyone. I had a very bad childhood. I was molested for 10 years. My parents were alcoholics, drug addicts. I was not loved. I was not hugged, all those things. Um, and so I spent my teenage years when you're really developed, when you're really developing and my twenties in this survival mode that I didn't even know how to term or even was anything because at the time I was just living. 
I was just living day to day. Okay, I got to survive. Oh, they're going to repossess my car because I couldn't pay the bill. I don't care because I have to eat food. I have to buy some food or whatever. And he asked me that. And it really jarred me because I realized like, how long have how long have I not been living in this sense of survival, like I have to survive. And I told him since 2012, it's, you know, it's been about eight years. And I can remember it was when my husband and I moved from Florida to California. And I felt like our, even though we had been together for eight years at the time, I felt like that move, we were leaving our family, we were moving to the other side of the country, it really solidified us. And I felt like, oh, I can take a breath, I'm okay. But I noticed the other day, when I, I hinted that my I had an explosion, I had an emotional breakdown with my husband staring at me, and it was regarding this new book that I'm writing. And it's almost done, but it's been a very stressful situation for me. And I, could, I was just sitting on the sofa, and I was like, fuck this book. I don't care about anything. I'm a nihilist. I don't care what happens. Let an asteroid come. I don't give a fuck anymore. Sorry, I've dropped the F-bomb, but that, that was the conversation. And those, I wanted to express it how it real was really was. And I said, I have to go for a walk. I can't handle this right now. And I went for the walk and I realized, oh my God, I'm back in survival mode because that's how I used to think when I didn't have any confidence and I didn't have peace and I was just living for the moment. And I'm back there now and I don't know how to get out of it again. Well, I think it's going back to the things that brought you out of it and putting those things back into play. So it's going back again. Don't dis- don't discount and discredit or minimize the little things that you do on the day to day that help, you know, help you because those things accumulated over the course of time lead to healthier habits and a healthier mindset and therefore, you know, feed into the larger goal that you're trying to accomplish, which is to be mentally and physically free. So if you're doing those things, you know, which in that case, maybe what you needed at the time was a break. Mm. Put the book down. Take a break. Stop. Because, again, it's what you're doing that you, you know, you're, you love to do that's now becoming um, painful or difficult or bringing about, like, an ill feeling. Then maybe you need to add a boundary to it and balance it out by doing something else and taking a little bit of time away from that activity and go, I'm, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, of getting fresh air. Like mm. there is nothing more resetting than going outside in the sunshine, breathing in some cool, fresh air, walking around, being out in nature and then going back in and starting again. Um, I just think those are really great mental breaks, you know, just away from anything that's like overly stimulating and go back to, you know, our roots, right? nature um so take a walk around the block get some fresh air come back and then try again or if you need something longer go do a completely different activity like don't even think about it and do something else that you know would will kind of help to shift the mind into a more pleasant state that's that's good and i needed to hear that you know because i've when you said something like you mentioned like when I write, cause writing books is, is, is I love to write. It is the thing that I, I love to do. It just brings me so much joy. And this new book is, you know, it's a cocktail book. And so that was a new challenge and I was ha- and it was very fun and it was exciting, but then all of a sudden it just became overwhelming. 
And I was thinking to myself, you know what, is, is, is the process overwhelming or have I let so many things in my, that are going on that I have no control over affect me so much that even something that brings me joy is now stressful. And I think that is, is the key to it. Right. Yeah. You, you gotta be careful because you don't want to, you don't want to get to the point where you're stressed and burnt. Right. And then you, you burn out because you're pushing yourself. And then that thing that you once loved, now you can't stand to even think about it or look at it or do it. Right. And I always, I always try to remind myself and I don't, you know, I always say to myself, like if I'm having a bad moment or I'm having a bad, or if I get frustrated about something, I always stop and I say, Joe, there are millions of people who have it worse than you. And I'm not trying to minimize, well, maybe, maybe I am subconsciously trying to minimize my own problems so that I can, oh, I shouldn't worry about that. Let me just sweep it under the rug because there's people out there that have four kids and they're now at home and they have to do their job all day long and now teach their kids at home at night. And that just, that sounds very stressful. Um, but I'm also trying to accept my own struggles and not diminish them. Do you think that, do you think that's important? Oh, absolutely. If you, Listen, the only way around is through. So if you constantly minimize or avoid your stuff, then you're never going to get through it. And the way to heal is to actually work through it, whether that's, you know, um, <clears throat> doing your own self-reflecting or with your therapist. Um, but you, you can't, you can't push things under a rug. You can't minimize and say, oh, well, you know, mine's not nearly as bad as so-and-so, so I shouldn't worry about it. Um, we, we have feelings, we have experiences, and we, we need to learn how to self-regulate those emotions and heal from those traumas so that we can turn the page and start the next chapter. Or else all we're doing is rereading old chapters, and we're never going to get to write the next one because we're still trying and we're still reliving those same thoughts and behaviors from previous. Mm. Yeah, that's true. And, and I think that a lot of us are in that it's like almost being in a hamster wheel and you're just spinning mm -hmm. the same thing every day. Like, Oh God, what's going to happen now? It's just this, I just feel like this dread hanging over me when really I need to stick my head up over the dread and see the sunshine. And I know that sounds a little corny, but it makes sense to me because I do feel like right now there's just this cloud of uncertainty and dread. And I know what I have to do. I know how to get past it. I know how to be positive. And I, I know all these, I've worked years on these things, but right now it's almost like I'm caught in a hurricane and no matter how hard I try, it's so easy to get swept into the, woe is me, I'm hopeless, and it does anything matter. And see, when you talk about the hurricane and the cloud of uncertainty, you know what immediately comes to my mind? What? Take your plane and fly above it. Mm. Go up in the altitude a little bit higher and fly above it. Wow. So, that makes me want to I cry because <laughs> that sounds perfect. No, it's perfect. It's the greatest answer. Yeah. But how? Rise above. 
but how like ride the bump, you know, that's a good thing. It's that, that's a great way for my mind to understand that as a, because I was a flight attendant for 13 years. It's like, that's what I said it too. <laughs> ride, yeah, well, of course, ride, ride the, you know, when you're on an airplane and it gets turbulent, you know, I don't worry about the turbulence. I ride the, I just sit there, you know, I might think, Oh God, I can't bring this coffee out right now, but I just ride it and then it ends and then I'm okay. You know, I don't get caught up mm -hmm. in it where it's like, oh my God, my hair's tall. I'm a mess. I'm a mess. It's like, oh God, okay, there's a little turbulence right now. Let me just ride it out. You know, I'm not in a, it hasn't affected my mood. Okay, things are smooth again. And this is just a really turbulent time. That's really good. This is, this is why you're, this is why you're a doctor. <laughs> All right. I've kept you for a long time. So I want to thank you because I know, I know you're a very busy person, but I just wanted to play. Let's get grounded where I ask you a fun question and you answer. And it's a great way to wrap up the conversation because you've given me and probably everyone who listens a lot to absorb and to think about on this episode. So I want to thank you for that. Well, Oh yeah, you... I would caution them to observe it and then absorb what they like. And if it doesn't apply, let it fly. Don't absorb everything because it may not all be meant for them. But That's something true. to definitely consider. Well, thank you. Yes, that is that is true. Just just maybe you know I wanted to have this conversation for myself also, but also but to the point of I thought you know if I'm going through all this, I'm sure millions of other lots of other people are going through this too, and maybe some of them don't have the ability to have a therapist. You know, some people can't afford it. Some people don't have insurance. Sure. Maybe some people are actually butting heads with their spouse and they don't know how to move forward. It's just like my ego's in charge. So I want before we do, let's get grounded. I want to thank you personally for coming on and just shedding light to these situations. And hopefully we help somebody because that's the, I hope so. That's the whole point of this podcast. Well, and so I could tell funny jokes every once in a while. Okay. <laughs> Pick a number between one and a hundred. Ten. Ten. Oh, this is a good one. No one's ever had this question. If you could time travel, would you visit the past or the future? Mm. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know, when I only I, get one, right? Yeah. When I read this to my, you know, my husband, this is how different we are. I came up, I asked him all these questions. Like, what do you think of this one? He goes, well, there's no such thing as time travel. So you really can't ask that question. I'm like, it's, it's just a question, Matthew. So yeah, but go ahead. If you could time travel, would uh, you visit the past or the future? That's a tough one. Mm -hmm. Gosh, Joe, why do you have to ask such hard questions? Because that's, um, that's not, that is kind of a difficult question because I could understand trying to think of what time frame. Yeah. Uh, I, let's go with the future. Why not? Future? Like how far in the future? Um, when my kids are maybe a little younger than me. Oh, interesting. So not that far. It's not like you said the year 2400. You said like in 25 no. years or something. I can't be, I, I can't think about it if it's all Star Warsy and that kind of stuff. <laughs> See, you're like my husband. That's He's like, like uh, no, it needs to be real. Yeah, that's like, I don't, I, I don't want to be around for that stuff. I like the humanness of the world. Reality. 
the reality. Yeah, I just like humans. I just think humans are so amazing. Like I, I want to be around humans, not robots and spaceships. That's right. All. And and I, I'm like that too. I'm fascinated. Like here we are talking about my own mental issues, um, to help other people. But like, I am fascinated. If I could go back 25, 30 years ago, I would have become a mental health therapist because I am fascinated by why people do the things they do. Mm -hmm. Like what may, what makes you click? What makes your brain work? Why do you choose this instead of that? Like, I'm so fascinated. But if I went to school now to become a therapist, I'd be like 90. And who wants to talk to a 90 year old therapist? No, <laughs> They'd have a lot of advice that, but Dr. McLary, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. How can people, I know um, that you see patients, correct me if I'm wrong, that are out of New York and Florida. Oh, that all that all broke up. Can you repeat that again, please? Sure. I'm okay. in the um, I'm licensed in the state of New York and Florida. People. And you do calls. Do you do virtual calls? I do. I do telehealth out of New York since I'm based in um, and then I have in person if you're within the Jacksonville area and or telehealth. Awesome. In the state of Florida in the Jacksonville area. And I'm going to actually put all of your information, if it's okay, in the description of the podcast episode. So, you know, maybe if people are looking for a therapist and they enjoyed what you had to say or how you approach things, maybe they'll reach out to you um, to become clients if you're seeing, if you're accepting new clients. Absolutely. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm going to put all your information on and I really appreciate you taking time on your Friday to talk to me. Um, I learned a lot today. So thank you. Thanks Joe for having me. And I wish you and everyone else a uh, happy and safe holiday and just uh, keep the hope alive. We'll get through this together. Oh, thank you. Yes. I'm, we're actually going on a one month camping trip to Arizona the day after Thanksgiving. So it, there's going to be a lot Very of, nice. a lot of fresh air, a lot of hiking, canoeing on the Colorado river, taking the cats on hikes. It's going to be a lot of fun. And so hopefully it'll, it'll, it'll do me some good. So thank you so much and happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Okay. Take care. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode of Grounded with Joe Thomas, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can also follow the Instagram page at Grounded with Joe Thomas on, you guessed it, Instagram. Tell all your friends and we will see you next episode.